Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. Hey, it's good to be back with everybody. Welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Is it fair to say that we missed you? Can I, can I like say uh, out over the airwaves, we missed you, but who am I actually talking to? Who, who am I missing? Am I missing the people, which I'm assuming there's people listening, or me. am I missing just doing it? So I when know. I say, hey, we missed all of you out there, but I, I don't know what I'm saying, but, but I guess maybe <laughs> what I'm saying is... I think I'm glad to be back. I'm Aww. glad we're doing this podcast some more. We are glad to be back. We've missed everyone. We've missed doing this. And so it's it's good to be back. So happy new year. And I will say this. we I've had more people than I thought I would uh, make it a point to come up to me on the weekends at church or reach out to us or send us an email or, or shoot us a, a message here at the church and just thank oh, us yeah. for the podcast. So, hey, thank yeah. you guys for your feedback. It does mean a whole lot to us. Um, you know, my running joke is I will do this podcast as long as there's more than just our mom's listening listening to it. And, um, and I think we are, I think, thanks moms, but thanks moms. We're glad you listened to it, but all all of our moms. Oh, that's right. So, um, so yeah, I'm glad to be back. Missed you. We had a a great holiday. Um, it was extremely busy. I think for us personally, um, this is the busiest Christmas season that I remember having in a long time. Yeah. I can say that we were pretty exhausted, but it was, I mean, it's always exciting. So we had my family here. So 15, 16 people stayed in our home for about four days, five days Yeah, on top of our, how many Christmas Eve services did we have? Seven, seven. And then, yeah. And so it was just this, I don't think we call them Christmas Eve. service. we just call them Christmas, Christmas candlelight services. Yeah. It was just a busy seven time, but it was super fun. And it can was, I just say something about those seven services? Yeah, go for they it. They were amazing. Yes. Um, I don't think that I personally now let me let my memory fade. Let, let me let me just kind of get some distance. But I remember after the seventh service, I came home, fell on the couch, and I remember looking at which you was and I Christmas Day. Which was Christmas Day. <laughs> and I think I said these words. I don't ever want to do three days of seven services ever again. There are churches that do even more. Like a lot more. Maybe they're not, I don't know, maybe they're not preaching all of them. But yeah, that's, it's, it was a lot, but it was so fantastic to see so many people come and, and get to worship. And we had seven complete worship services. That's right. And we had over 15, 1600 people that were in the, out of our doors over those seven services just blew me away. It was awesome. And everyone was memorable, but there's two things that stand out. There was one more memorable than others. There's two Christmas (laughs) service memories that really that that moments that just pop out and obviously you know the first one the first one is um the 3 30 saturday service have we got a story for you literally we are i mean counting down the seconds to the beginning john and the worship team is out there and the little countdown video is five four three and john's just about to welcome everybody and then boom all the fire alarms go off i mean the whole building super loud lights were flashing like what is going on and i i ran out it was like mass chaos 
And if you've ever seen those movies where they're just running around because the fire alarm's going off and they're throwing things and like <laughs> hysteria breaks out, it kind of was a moment like that. Well, you know that scene from The Office? <laughs> exactly. When, when Dwight set off the fire alarm on purpose as a drill yes. and like, it's happening, it's happening. Every man for themselves. And the whole office goes but crazy. But Angela had a cat and I still don't understand. <laughs> Oscar, say bandit. threw it in the ceiling. And <laughs> I didn't get to do that for this. Well, it was not quite that chaotic but I was standing in the back of the auditorium and I ran out to the lobby and I saw water pouring down out of one of the light fixtures right outside of one of the main entrances into the auditorium yep. I'm like what is going on I'll spare you all the details but we had a pipe freeze because it was so cold Friday night at our second service, it was eight below zero. Yeah. And that was our smallest attended service. So that the first one on Friday was huge. And the second one, which was People later in the like, night. I'm not going to. No, it's snowing. It's and, 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 and Yeah, no, no thanks. So that was the least attended, although a, a number of people showed. But this was on Saturday. This was Saturday, and we had a pipe freeze. This is what I'm saying. It was so cold. We had a pipe freeze, and it finally let loose. And it was in the fire suppression system, so high pressure. And it just like exploded out the ceiling and through that light fixture and it and it shot a hole through the drywall into our sound booth yep. and flooded the sound booth all the fail safe trips that you know all the power shut off so we lost everything however and, our soundboard was protected oh our guys jumped on it fast miracle. it was yeah. awesome um so the damage was minimal but um what amazes me and I told the church this the next weekend I still this still cracks me up um the fire alarm is going off. Nobody really is sure what's going on. And there's probably what? I mean, it's a full house. It was house. It full. packed. It, there were over 300 people in the auditorium. And the fire the alarm was going off and nobody moved. It's like they're, <laughs> they just smile. They're looking around like, is this part of the service? You know, what, what? what and, part is this in the Christmas Now, story? certainly something's going to happen soon. Uh, but anyway. Maybe it, <laughs> <laughs> so, and our people are so awesome, but I think they just like. I think a mom eventually did no, gather I, her I think her I, kids and say, maybe we should go out. No, I think I think our people are just super chill. They're like, hey, it's good. They got it under control. I mean, it's. I mean, it, it wouldn't be that hard to get out of that building. But I quickly, when I knew the we didn't have a fire, was in the atrium, like our lobby yes. area where the water was. People saw what was happening. We're trying to turn off the alarm. We're trying to turn off the water. We were running back and forth. Joe comes up to me and he says, hey, David's turning the alarm off because I knew someone else was getting the- David's our XP. He's, I mean, he's our executive pastor. Yeah. And I knew someone else was getting the water shut off, but someone else, he, Joe says to me, David's getting the alarm turned off. And I go over and I see David watching a crew clean and get buckets of water. And I look at David, I said, are you the one who's supposed to be getting the alarm turned off? He goes, I don't think so. And I thought, well, I mean, this thing was so loud and people were like, had their ears plugged and they're running. They're like returning their candle going now, for the record, I'll come back at for the record. Time. Our guys were all over it. You know, for our- sure. No. And that's why I think David was watching because people just kind of sprung into action and they were doing it. But he's like, I- I'm not turning that off. And I'm like, oh, well, I- we need to figure out who's supposed to. Well, as soon as I realized there was no fire and I went up and I just tried to shout because we had no sound system. I tried to shout over the noise to let people know they are safe. They're not in any danger. And, but here's, what's really cool. Um, about five minutes of that alarm, which felt like an eternity, it got shut off. Yes. And so we had no power 
And so, you know, all of our instruments require power, you know, we had no, and so Ron Pennington had his, 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 uh, mandolin. Well, I found Ron, out one of the ladies on, on stage said, Hey, do you, he was playing an electric guitar yeah. and she said, Hey, do you have your mandolin with you? And he goes, yeah, backstage. Yeah, that's she right. Goes, Go get it. So he grabbed his mandolin. She grabbed her violin. Our son was on stage playing yeah, his and, cello. No, not during this part. So it was just, it was just the two of them. Anyway, for maybe 10 minutes. They just calmed everybody down. Yeah. It was pretty calm. And they just, with the mandolin, and they sang traditional Christmas it carols. Awesome. And they the people just sang, and they cheered. And it was like, maybe this was all supposed to happen. <laughs> and John and his crew, they jumped on it, and everybody did what they're supposed to do. It took about 20 minutes, got the power restored, and then we forged right ahead as if didn't we miss a beat? Cleaned I was it up. Say, I think it only delayed us like twenty or twenty-five minutes. Well, the Bella Vista Fire Department rolled in heavy though, because oh, they had to respond. I like, mean, four trucks—they're in there, and we've got a one-inch pipe that's broken. We're well, all they, coming in. They don't know that when they roll no, in. They, I know they're they doing had their a job. Fire alarm, which was it connected to it all. I mean, that's I why think they were coming. It felt like job. every vehicle in Bella but, Vista showed up. And it's <laughs> like, right. of course, we didn't have parking for them. <laughs> okay, hey, they so got to come to church. That, that was the first. That was the the that was one memorable moment, but the second one, the second one happened Sunday morning, Christmas Day. I and I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, I was blown away by how many people came to church on Christmas morning. That's right, and, and we talked about this full house. And um, I can neither confirm nor deny that we had a poll going among the staff of how many people would show. <laughs> and um, you lost. Oh, I lost big time, but it was such an encouragement to me because. I was like, you know what? The whole world is saying, the whole world's message is, don't go to church. And we've even talked about this on this podcast where churches shut down their services. No, you guys just went. And to turn around and to see a full house on Christmas morning of people who are like, we wouldn't want to be anywhere else but in the Mm -hmm. Lord's house to worship as we celebrate his birthday. And that was probably for me the most memorable moment of the whole seven service of the whole weekend. Everything was awesome, but just walking away going in your face of Satan, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, we're not going to, no, it was awesome. It was great. I loved it. it but anyway, we had a great holiday, but I was zonked. We had great family time, great services here at the church, and I enjoyed having a little bit of time off um, after Christmas, and which was nice. And um, other than that, Chris, Kirsten, you got any more memories about that stuff? Did you, did you make a New Year's resolution? I've, I don't think I've ever made a New Year's resolution. Why not? Every day is a new day. I don't know. We just never have. I just never have. I've just never, like, I don't know. I don't, if I'm ready to make something new, I just do it. I, I would say that if I made a New Year's resolution, I made a decision to purge. If you follow me on social media, you know that I've decided to just get rid of things in my so life. So it's not a resolution, but you Don't determined worry, I will keep you. No, you determined to purge. I did. Yeah, I determined that this is going to be the year that I get rid of things. And she is stuff. going to town on our house. It I is am. You, uh, digitally. We, I don't I'm even know. We've made stuff. multiple trips to Goodwill. Just you know, yeah. I, I this I is the amazing my thing. My closet, our bathroom, 
are several cabinets and drawers in our kitchen, our vase drawer or vase cabinet in our laundry room, the games cabinet in our games closet. Um, I mean, I could list on and on and on. on 2023 is the year of the great purge. That's what we're calling it. I don't make New Year's resolutions either. You know what happens if you don't make a New Year's resolution? You can't fail. fail. That's right. Uh, But I made some determinations. There's some things that I'm determined to do in 2023, but that is the big... The big thing, the purge, and well, and Joe's like, and we're gonna purge our child out of our nest. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> we got one graduating this yeah, year in just a few months. So there's a lot of things that are, it's just a big transition. Do you, do you know here. the day we got married? I could fit everything that I owned on this earth in the back seat of my Nissan Sentra. Well, that's not fair because that's probably true for me too. You think so? You act like I'm this hoarder. Although I do tell my son that he's going to be on that show, Hoarders Buried Alive. (laughs) And I was joking with him the other day because he won't get rid of anything. And I said, you know what? You probably have cats dead in the bottom of your closet right now. And you don't even know it. Like, have you ever seen that show where they find like animals in people's oh, yeah. houses? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's one of those shows we don't that have animals, but we I joke with him because hoarders is one of those shows that you just can't look away from. You're like, I can't believe people live this I, way. But no. let me let me watch more. I watch it to make myself feel really good. But <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you're not a hoarder. No, I'm not a hoarder, but I do hoard things. Like there, I find myself going. Why do I have so many uh, lipsticks, or why do I have so many boxes of crackers? And and it's because I like to make charcuteries, and I'm a hoarder for charcuterie things. I don't know, yeah. but I do like the direction you're taking it, um, and it feels good. You know, I've um, one thing my dad told me. Um, you know, my dad's in heaven now, but I remember when he retired from the ministry, he did everything he could to give thousands of books away, and and just unload his library. And I remember he looked at me when I was trying to help him haul it all out of these closets. He goes, Joe, I have no idea why I hung on to all these books all these years. Mm -hmm. It was silly. I've hauled these books all over the country and I really didn't need most of them. He ended up condensing his whole library down to like one shelf of like like his top books and I need to do that. Well, I'm different now. I mean, most, a lot of my resources are all digital, you know, I, but, but what I'm saying is he came to that revelation at the end of his career and going, it was silly for me to haul all these books around all these years. And I think that as let's embrace what, no, what I'm saying is as you get older, I think, I think as you get towards the end of your life, you, it's almost overwhelming. It's an, it's daunting. I've watched Mm -hmm. seniors go through this. I don't even know where to begin. So I think I'm going to applaud you that maybe we can purge some of our life during our our stuff during midlife. And then maybe by the time we're old, it won't be, it won't be that rough. It's a gift to your children. If you can make sure you declutter and and get rid of things things so that, you know, I, I know this kind of sounds a little morbid, but my parents have done the same thing. And my mom's like, I don't need this stuff. I used to collect these things and I, I'm going to get rid of them. Do you want any? And I'm like, mom, I'm purging myself. I'm getting rid of stuff, but okay, I'll take one. Anyway, I think that it's a gift for your children to get rid of stuff ahead of time so that they don't have to like make those decisions later on. So since our last podcast, I would say we had a wonderful Christmas holiday filled with family, lots of church stuff, and we started the great purge of 2023. Yes. I'll keep so, you yeah, guys posted. we'll let you know. 
we're back in Exodus, the Rescued series. Yes, finally. And I don't mean finally like saying like finally. No, Alex, I love the cast no, of Christmas series, does. but but man, I love the Exodus yeah. series. I'm glad to be in it too. And Well, we took a little break for Christmas season to do the cast of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And now we're back in the Exodus series. And I don't know how many weeks you plan to do it, but it's... It's not going to be short. Full confession. You don't um, either. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> well, on these... So it's really planned out. Well, it is, but on these long series... like Let me just... I don't think I've talked about this before. They don't teach you in Bible college to preach 20, 30-week long. long series. It's right. not... You know, uh, but that has that is changing tremendously. I think, you know, uh, there is a hunger for God's Word in people today. Mm-hmm. And it's different. I think the church has transitioned away from these feel good sermons, mm-hmm. um, seven steps to happy Monday kind of things that they, they, they don't sustain. They don't last um, f- more feeling emotional driven sermons, which I've never been drawn to. Um, I even think there's a little bit of a pull away from topical preaching to be replaced by expository preaching, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is like my biblical love language. But mm-hmm. um, I love these, I love that. Your biblical love My language. My biblical love wow. language. Expository teaching. Um, We're going to have to come back to that. All right. We'll write it down. No, but anyway, no. Um, so years, several years ago, did I envision myself preaching these long, long series? No. But then we did the story, you know, back in 2017, mm-hmm. which is a 31-week series. Mm-hmm. And people loved it. They did not lose interest. Um, well, if they did, they didn't tell me and they might've, but, but then this origin series, um, when I started that last year, it, it, I knew it was going to be a fall and spring. I knew it was going to be a long one. I knew we were going to take a break at Christmas, but I never knew exactly how long that was going to be when we started. Um, I just knew that I wanted to start in the fall and wanted to be done by Easter. Mm -hmm. And I just figured out how to get that done. So Exodus is a little bit shorter than Genesis. So I had the same mentality. So you think you'll be done by Easter? That's the plan. And, um, you know, they also teach you in Bible college, the attention span of a person and how long your sermon should be. Yep. What did you learn about that? (laughs) Tell us Joe. Well, it doesn't mean the professors are all right. (laughs) Okay. So now this is going back quite a few years, but quite a few years, but we have, We've bantered about this back and forth for now almost, well, probably 24 years. I sat under some of the most amazing preaching professors that anyone could ever hope to sit under. I really do feel like as far as it comes to preaching, I don't know if I could have gotten a finer education Mm -hmm. anywhere uh, between Ozark Christian College and Lincoln Christian Seminary, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Dr. Scott, J.K. Jones, Mm -hmm. Matt Proctor. Um, uh, you know, Dr. Shaw at Lincoln, Dr. Shaw, yeah. I mean, holy cow. Um, and others, I don't know if I could have found, I don't know if there could have been a better preaching education on the planet than that. Um, so the collective wisdom is, um, 20, oh, eight, to 18 to 22 minutes. Oh yes. For 18. a sermon. Yes. But you know what? I 18 hardly- minutes does seem short now. But I think the attention span of most people is probably still 18 to 22 minutes. I think people would really be upset here if you only preached 18 minutes. And then others would be like, well, all right. However. 
<laughs> we have gone to a church before. You think there'd be some people that like, all right. Well, I've gone to a church before where the pastor said they didn't <laughs> have a sermon prepared and the whole auditorium was like, yes. Yeah, that was, was funny. Like, Are you kidding me? But we've been. If I showed up on a Sunday and said, I didn't have time to do a sermon this week, so you're dismissed. Be there'd be an elders meeting right after church. <laughs> yeah, Joe, we're going to need to have a conversation. We've been to, we've worked at a church before where the pastor preached for at least 45 to 55 minutes. And that was every, before he started the invitation. Uh, yes. Every which weekend. was another 10 or 15 exactly. minutes. Exactly. And he was a great preacher. Incredible. Um, and the church, it was a large church, but I really felt like that was a little long in in my opinion. But um, I think that you you have most of the people here who listen to you, whether it be live or online. Your the time slot that you have kind of niched for yourself, which is usually around thirty minutes, is pretty good. But the average attention span, I do believe, still is 18 to 22 minutes. And I do know when you're going long because I'm sitting there listening and I'm captivated and I'm paying attention. She's captivated. And then all of a sudden I start looking at my watch. And I know as soon as I look at my watch, I've like hit that 25 minute mark. It's weird. Well, I think... I think more realistically, my sermons are about 35 to 40 minutes. Well, that's probably true. I was trying to be optimistic. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, I think I always set a goal to, it's it's funny. It, it's funny how people are. Because like, so there's a whole team, I mean, a huge team of people behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so I will finish a sermon manuscript. And here, we're going to let you on the inside. Here's under the hood. This okay. Here's under the hood. Um, a completed sermon um, for you, for me, goes through a lot of hands before it actually gets to, to the final. Well, not the final product, but but so it goes through people who input notes into the app onto the screen. There's got there's there's meetings to be had. There's conversation to be had about what goes on the slides on the screens, the graphics, which notes it. it goes. There's the the days of just rolling in on a Saturday night or Sunday morning and just going for it are way behind us. So there's a whole process and there's all these life group questions. There's everything else that all stem mm-hmm. from that sermon. And so what's funny, because when I turn in my manuscript to some of our tech people, they immediately look at it and go, oh, we got a long one today. It's a nine pager. So so if I, so here's how, it's funny. I mean, we know how long it's going to be depending on how many pages. So if I turn in a manuscript, that's seven pages. They're like, wow, short one today. If I turn in one that's eight to nine, they're like, no, they're like, okay, this is about normal. If I turn in one that's like 10 to 11, I, I think is absurd. No, no. If I turn in one that's like 10 or 11 pages, you can just mentally, Mumbles. you can mentally see them pop, popping knuckles and going, all right, <laughs> buckle in. This that is going to be, a, we're going to be here a while. That and, means we're going to have parking lot issues. We're, that means <laughs> we're going to have all kinds of no. shuttle issues. No, no, no. I'm well, lately you, for I'm sure. You what you don't realize, cause you're still up there preaching is we're all out there trying to figure out where to park cars. Cause there's people coming in who haven't left yet. So there's no parking spots. The shuttle's trying to shuttle people back and forth. Oh, I know. So there's all kinds of chaos. And then there's people trying to come into the auditorium. I go, oh, no, no, no. This is actually the service that's still ending. Oh, really? So they're like, <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'll go get a donut then. So yeah, it causes kind of like this, because we only have like a 30 minute turnaround between the service. Well, we're supposed to have a 30 minute turnaround. If all goes well, we should have 30 minutes. If it's a five pager. I have never preached a five pager 
That's ever. True. So it, it would take way too long to explain my whole sermon preparation but process. You do but you preach a manuscript, so it is I, word for I word. turn in a manuscript because it makes it easier for how we do all of our notes and all of our digital media part of that. But but it is funny when I see their face when I hand it in, they're like, hmm. <laughs> Usually, Joe works on his sermons sometimes here at the office, sometimes at our home. Um, other times, he'll go to a hideout spot that does free refills with diet coke i probably won't tell you where that's at because i don't I have a number of him. i have a number of off campus it, well it's it's weird because it, it's so busy around the office that it's harder for me to get blocks of time to focus it's easier to go somewhere and so i have one day during the week that i usually wednesdays where i just completely block out the world and i go just get go done. somewhere yeah. and it, where it's and it's it, it could be at a restaurant and I put in my AirPods. I've got these really sweet AirPod Pros that are like noise canceling. And I put them in and there could be a thousand people in there. But if they don't want me, it's almost like they're not there. Mm-hmm. They're just buckling in focus. It's Well, I'll often come in and be like, hey, what page are you on? And he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm on page seven. It sounds like a good place to No, that's up. not exactly true. You walk in and you're like, <laughs> we're getting the sermon. I'm on page two. Hey, start wrapping it up. <laughs> That's what you say. <laughs> that is true. So, but, well, because I want to encourage you to have a really good, like we call it a landing, you know, in airplane, like flight. I want to come in for a good landing. And you know, so having I think this, that you should start thinking of the conclusion at page You two. know what? It's interesting. Having, I just had a real, an epiphany as okay. we're saying talking, listening to you talk about this. <laughs> okay. Just listening to you talk about it and all this lingo, I realize that 23, almost going on 24 years of marriage, we have our own lingo in talking about sermons. Like, you've never actually sat down and written a sermon or we preached one. We determined the other but, day that I have written a sermon. No, but, but you're welcome. But I think you're fully qualified at this point to actually sit down and do it <laughs> just because we've had thousands of conversations about different. So it's not uncommon for Kirsten to come. And I have a home office, and it's where I do work the bulk of the time um, on sermons there. And Kirsten will come in. I'll say, hey, come here, just sit down. There's another office chair right next to my desk. Mm-hmm. Sit by, side by And I'll side. say, hey, just listen to this. And, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, there's been un- un- countless hours. I didn't even could have, couldn't put a time frame on it that you have sat in the chair next to me and just listened to me practice on you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you should be extra saved by this point. <laughs> Or extra in trouble. Or extra annoyed. <laughs> What's really funny is I'll be preaching and... I, I started like interjecting when you were doing it just the other day and you're like, no, 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 wait, let me finish. And I'm like, actually, you need to say this. Actually, I think it's actually... That's the wrong information. No, there is times where, where I was like, hey, I'm going to practice this illustration on you. I'm going to tell you a story, but I'm going to tell it like I'm telling it to the church. And I just want you to give me some honest feedback. He doesn't and, like my feedback usually. <laughs> well, sometimes I'm like, I'll be... I'll be 10 seconds into distortions. Why are you saying it that way? No, no, just let me finish. No, and I'll, and I'll start talking. No, no, so I don't get it. No, no, you gotta wait till the end. You gotta and wait then, for the punchline. And I can read her face. She goes, this is a dumb story. But no, no, it fits. You gotta, okay, sit down. Let me start from the beginning. I'm not sitting here from the beginning. And this is how a lot of it goes. Sometimes I'll say, hey, sit down, listen to this. And you tell me if it's funny. And I will screen I'll screen a lot of the humor through Kirsten first just to you know there's been a few times I'm like I think that's no she saved me from saying really stupid things before I'm like um, you told I I was going to tell a Duck Dynasty story one time 
and this was in my previous church, Kansas, in Kansas City, and Duck Dynasty was a huge show back then. And um, there was this clip floating around the internet about um, Phil Robertson, and he was he was out there cleaning some squirrels. Oh, geez. And and he was talking to his grandkids about the birds and the bees. Okay, <laughs> I don't remember what episode this was. I don't know if it was like a like a a web special or whatever. And he goes, "Yeah, I never, you know, I just told my kids to go spend some time out in the woods. They'll figure it out. Just watch what the animals do." <laughs> and oh, and and he goes, and then he goes, and he goes, and then he goes. So I kind of let them figure that part out. Um, you know give him some guidance and then you you bring in he's bringing the bible around it why you know marriage is important he goes and then he goes here's my philosophy he goes and and he's doing this while he's cleaning squirrels and he goes what he talked a lot about his wife she could cook anything and she could clean you know all that stuff but he goes he goes here's my philosophy you he goes looks aren't that important <laughs> he goes that that's not important at all he goes but if you can find a woman who cooks and reads her Bible every day, then that's the woman you should marry. Now that's the ticket. And and he's sitting there cleaning squirrels. Okay, he's ripping the fur off. And he goes, fine. He goes, she can be ugly. It doesn't matter. But find a woman who who loves Jesus, reads her Bible, and can cook. And and he starts talking about it to his kids. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes. You might find some woman like, oh, we're in love. And he goes, well, you know, you'll starve on love. He goes, but you find a woman who can cook then you've made it. And now at the time I thought how he was telling that story was funny. And I think I was doing a marriage series and, and I said, Kirsten, and I'd have to find that clip. I don't know where it went, but I pulled you and I said, I'm going to play this clip at the church during my sermon. I was like, no, you're not. And she's like, and I, and of course I'm sitting there going, this is hilarious. And she goes, don't ever play that clip. There's cause she knew who was in our church. She knew the makeup of some of the, she goes, this is going to backfire. And I said, no, it's not going to backfire. No, this will not have the intended outcome. You think? So I backed off, didn't even reference it. And then later I showed it to some of the gals in our church and you were right. They all had that exact they were they were offended. offended. They were offended by his description of marriage and because he not at him, not at the. Not, it wasn't like so. But they're like, no, no. It was it was like a, in their mind. It wasn't a, the clip wasn't worth offending some of the people that will be offended that think that women should just cook and read their Bible because. Right. Well, we know what kind of culture we live in. And and there women are way more capable than reading their Bible and cooking. Well, of course. <laughs> so, and but I think I know he was mixing saying. a little bit of humor I, with a little bit sure. but if you watch that show it but you if get you it. Don't but. like that show and you don't understand that angle and you don't know then it's like mm, that's weird. Yeah. So no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I feel like I've saved you from several bad jokes. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> no, you've been really good for me in that because I do. And anyone that, um, any joke that he said that has been bad, he usually hasn't filtered it through me, so I apologize. I try and get in there and hear those all ahead of time. Well, in all honesty, in all honesty, half of the humor in my sermons is unplanned and it's unscripted. And I don't know. Oh, he'll come home and be like, I had him rolling. No, well, yeah, a little bit. 
a little bit. I'd, well, sometimes, sometimes. He, he I believe wholeheartedly it's that fun to be funny. Well, I believe wholeheartedly. I'm not trying to be a comedian, right. but I believe wholeheartedly that humor is a very important piece of the learning process. Yeah, it, humor is what keeps people engaged. And but I do. I find the unfold. I find the arms. Yeah, I find humor. I find humor in a lot of things that I think maybe other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I find a lot of humor in the Bible. Um, I don't think it's a dry, stale book, but it's a lot of people think it's a dry, stale book, but I think finding humorous things, humorous antidotes, um, it, it helps people connect. And, and I just, My I favorite enjoy it. Is when you crashed and burned at, at our church in Kansas City. Oh, and, you, oh and yeah, man. I have to tell on. No, I know exactly what you're referring to because he doesn't sometimes plan his humor, and it probably well, a be lot planned. of it's not planned. It's just in and the moment. So he's talking about a couple in the Bible laying together, and you know, well, I think you're missing a key detail. Oh my word! No, I no, no, no! I just story without getting I was a brand you. new preacher not really they didn't know me you were at, oh yeah you mean you were new to them I was new to them I yeah, had just I started like, You're not a new preacher but you were new to them I just brand new so he's a new he's new ish to that church and he starts talking about but I still can't believe I did this I would never do this again lying together and they and knew each other biblically they knew each other biblically and then he pauses for a second and he goes well that means they had sex. <laughs> I can't believe I said it. And everybody was just like, Dead. no, to this, to this day, I have no idea why they said it. I was reading the scripture. He lay with his wife. They knew each other biblically. And I just looked up over my Bible and said, that means they had sex. And God bless our friend Donetta. She was a former pastor's wife sitting on the front she's row, sitting on the front row. And she is the only person that let out a, ha! yeah, that was it. Room full of people, not a not a sound, not a pe- I I don't I, to this day I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm like, and they knew each other biblically, which means they had sex. And Donetta goes, ah! that was it. That was the only noise in the whole room. He was and, mortified. He came home and goes, I don't know why I said that. I'm like, I don't know why you said that either. <laughs> why would you do that? He goes, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, like you said, some things are not planned and that was not planned and you haven't made that mistake again. Oh no, no. I'm lucky I got a job after that. Yeah. I, some things just hit me in the moment and those tend to be the funniest things. Like, well, you know, for me personally, I like when I came back the first time back in the rescued series, I told a story about turning 47 and about how the girl at the the coffee shop drive through, you know, Whoa, you're old, you know? And I remember going, Oh my, well, that was the best thing she could have said that day too. But I mean, and I, I, you know, honestly, (laughs) honestly, I'm not even embellishing that story at all. That's exactly how it went down. And I, my (laughs) ego took a hit. Are you saying that you embellish? No, no. You said, I'm not even embellishing. No, but sometimes, you know, that means that you might embellish. No, no, you're reading, you're embellishing my comments. I'm not. (laughs) No, but what I'm saying is I, I wanted to tell a group of people that I'm in my prime. I felt like I needed to say it, but, 
but I made, I just turned it into a f- try to be, yeah. and that, then I was trying to be funny. I was actually trying to get people to laugh, but it's a very true story. And, and honestly, some of that humor early in the service, there's a really, there's a, there's a real principle here. And this is something they teach in school. And I've, I've, I've attended conferences. Um, the most, there's lots of ways to describe it, but probably the most practical way is how do you help people uncross their arms mm-hmm. as a speaker? And there is a body language that people go through and you see it sometimes in in men especially who don't want to be in church okay mm-hmm. and every church has these guys mm-hmm. I, I'm here I don't want to be or their wife is dragging them there or or their heart's not really in it but they're there and there's a physical body language they put off and it's often seen in crossing the arms mm-hmm. and they'll just and it's it's like I'm closed off to this moment. It's psychological thing. It's they've done studies on it, but right. it's just the way you carry yourself. You can kind of see pretty quick if somebody's not into this. And um, there was another preacher who was talking about one of his goals in the first five minutes of every sermon is to help those guys uncross their arms. And when they uncross their arms, all of a sudden, I'm I'm kind of interested in this. Mm-hmm. I'm engaged. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And I think humor. And a really engaging story is one of the best ways to do that, and so that's always conscientious well, Jesus on mine. Taught with stories, so I absolutely. Mean, not, I don't think his aim was to be funny, but um, he taught with stories, and so that is one of the best ways for people to learn. And so it's it's a good well, they're, it's they're, a good quality you have. And so anytime well, you interrupt me to steal the story that I'm trying to share, I do realize that you're a better storyteller. Oh, keep going. What? <laughs> and that, that was a period at the end of the Oh, Oh, you were done. I was like, okay. Um, well, thanks. I appreciate it. I, but you know, um, there is nothing worse on the planet than a boring dry sermon. Amen. I mean, can I get an amen from the, the audience? I well, mean, I, di- I will, I will admit that there are times that he'll come home from a weekend of services and we'll talk about the weekend and I'll tell them, well, I want to stand back there and go, this is boring. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell them all. If I feel like he's doing like drying up, I'll be like, no, what's usually like (laughs) land the plane. (laughs) I, I have a quality about me of honesty and bluntness and in our, I am able to be truthful. Well, we're absolutely honest with one another. In our previous ministry, it was a little bit smaller auditorium than what we're in now. And and at the time, you were the create creative arts director. So yeah. she was Kirsha was in charge of all the worship services and led worship some in charge of the musicians and everything and the the worship leaders and the whole service. Um in Kansas city. And I, and, and we went through a season where I knew you were really encouraging me and challenging me to stick to the clock. Hey, be on time, be on time because I want us well, to honor people's time, honor people's time. Yeah, I know. I, and I do too. Usually. Like and we need to honor these people's time. For listening <laughs> right now. <laughs> and so we went through a phase where we went through a phase where it was, we started this time and we ended this time yeah. and, it, and and we wanted to just nail it. And, and so evidently I was preaching way past my mark and I was just way in the moment. Past. And so back then there was a series of things that you guys would do to try to like at one Get point, no, I think at one point there was a little flashlight flash that kind of tried to get my attention. Of course, I never saw it. And we had a clock in the balcony to try and 
help. There was a digital countdown clock in the back of the room, which I never paid attention to. There, there were other things that they tried, but evidently on this one Sunday, um, I guess I just missed all the cues and I just kept going. And finally, um, this is an auditorium that's that's a rectangle. It's a long rectangle, so um, it's a it's kind of a long, narrow auditorium. It's not wide, so when you're sitting in it, it's like a two column cathedral type setting where you just look forward. Wow. Everybody's looking forward, and it's like you know two rows of people. So I look up and I catch Kirsten walking across the back of the auditorium. Everybody's looking at me. I'm the only one looking the opposite direction. And she had made a sign, a huge sign. Um, whiteboard. Whiteboard. And I think you said, wrap it up. I think it was like, wrap it up. Land the plane. But I think what was, was what was funny is, I drew airplanes. Not to, not to give you a visual, but you know, a ringside girl at a boxing match when she's walking around, the, it looked just like that. <laughs> I and, had more than a swimsuit. Yeah, fully clothed. But she strutted <laughs> back and forth trying to get my attention. I did and, and I remember at the time I the audio recording that sermon I, you can hear me laughing so I'm just like preaching and you hear me go in the like like in the in, in the tape and and anyway then I realized okay so, and so I remember you being so angry after church because you're like did you see what you made me do I had to I had to make a sign <laughs> you little jerk Anyway, um, boy, we, we took that conversation a lot farther than I thought we were going to take today, but um, yeah, hopefully we've enhanced your life. I don't know if we've enhanced anybody's <laughs> life with this. Even under, under the hood. This was under the hood. Our, our whole preaching. I don't even know what you call what we just did. <laughs> I don't know. It just, there's a long process to go from start to finish when it comes to the sermon and then how it needs to be applied on all of our formats and, and all the things it goes to. But I was just, I think we started this conversation by saying I turn in a manuscript <laughs> and I could just see it in our tech team's eyes. Like, Oh man, this is a long one today. It, They're good about it. They're gracious. They do their jobs and they, and, um, but they will, they will point out to me when I, undershoot my time so like when when i go quicker than what they're expecting and i finish faster they all make a point to go whoa what's the special occasion we want to like reward you well i mean some of them some of those guys have to sit through that four times in a row four times i wouldn't want to sit through me four times in a row i thank you for thinking so like if i have a sermon that's 10 minutes longer than normal well, for some of them, that's 40 extra minutes of sitting there monitoring equipment. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why I don't sit in the front row <laughs> of all four services. Because I'd be like, if you think every once in a while, I'd be like, boo. No, every service, I'd be like, boo. No, he's a great preacher. And I'm so glad that I get to be married to you to listen to an incredible preacher every week. And I'm not just saying that because you really are. You're a gifted speaker. And I'm so lucky to get to also have you as my pastor. Oh, thanks, honey. I love you. I'm glad I get to have you on staff and do this together, having the time of our lives. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show. up since like five trying to get things no you haven't i can promise you no that. i woke up at five to start yeah, thinking about it you were snoring i don't know i remember being <laughs> up I at five you up to tell you you were snoring and i remember that nah, <laughs> you no know i'm what? just I'm working now. <laughs>
I was. I said, <laughs> I said, no, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm thinking about my sermon. I go, no, you're snoring. <laughs> All right. That was true. I do remember waking up early. I'm like, okay. recording this. Okay. Well, this is recording because I thought we were going into it. So people are like, what happens in between segments? It's way better than that. Yeah, the in, the in between is way better. That's a lot more entertaining. 